0: Good morning. good morning! Welcome to all of you on the 17th Sunday in the season of Pentecost and the first Sunday that we've gathered together in autumn. Can you imagine? It's autumn already! Lord have mercy. I love it. I love it. It's good to see you uh, in, uh, in fellowship this morning and a reminder that after worship we gather over in the ministry center for some delectables um, and for um, from some time to, to just sit and, and chat. I will tell you that had I known that these good folks were gonna be with us today, I would have asked for Debbie to make some cookies for us to provide for our fellowship because you, 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 you make wonderful cookies and she makes wonderful cookies and it would have been interesting to do a comparison. But these folks are from Abiding Presence Lutheran Church up in Fuque Verena, which is where I used to serve. And so uh, welcome, we're glad you're with us today. And welcome to all of you who are here for the first time and uh, a reminder that We are a place that enjoys not only being here in in God's presence, but it being in one another's presence. So if there's someone around you that you don't know or that you want to get reacquainted with, please make sure that you do that um, so that we do walk from this place knowing that we indeed are together in this life and in this world. To that end, let us stand together as we uh, sing our call to worship. thyself in the sight of the humble thyself in the sight humble thyself in the sight of the humble thyself in the sight of the lord he will lift you up higher and higher and he shall lift you up god is an awesome god who reigns from heaven above With wisdom, power, and love, our God is an awesome God. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and we shall Please join me in facing the baptismal font, where we come before our God in confession to receive God's promise of forgiveness. Blessed be God, the creator who forms us, Jesus who bears the cross, the spirit who makes our joy complete. Amen. Amen. Let us present ourselves humbly before our maker, confessing our sin. Steadfast and faithful God, you reveal the ways of justice, yet we fail to follow your will. We are often overwhelmed by the world's violence and suffering. We fear risking what we have for the sake of others, for the harm we have caused, known and unknown. Forgive us for the unjust for the ways we turn away from you and our neighbor. Forgive us. Lead us back to you, to your ways, and keep us on the right path. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, amen. Beloved in Christ, God's justice stretches beyond all understanding. God's compassion is beyond compare. In Jesus, God is always making a new way for us. In Christ, you are already and always forgiven. Amen. Take my life that I may be Consecrated, Lord, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen. As the assembly is being seated, I invite Andrea Kelly forward for a temple talk.
1: Andrea? Good morning. Um, I'm gonna talk about the Good Samaritan Fund for just a couple of minutes. I think I maybe have three minutes, so I'll talk fast. Um, in the in your envelopes, there's always at the beginning of the month an envelope that says Good, Good Samaritan Fund. And while people fill it out, sometimes they don't know where that money is going. So we have um, decided as council that all of those funds need to be used in our community. We're using them for um, nonprofit organizations and we're trying to get, as we're giving these checks out, um, pictures. So they will be posted. You may have seen some on the screens where it says safe haven and kids making it, Um, just to let you all know where these are going. This coming month for October, the Good Samaritan Fund will go to the Good Shepherd. Um, I'm not sure if people know what the Good Shepherd is. It's a it's a shelter here, but it's actually more than that. Um, and I think next week you will see a video giving a lot more explanation. But they, they not only feed the hungry, they have a soup kitchen um, every day. They also have a, um, it's called a grocery giveaway, where they have food that people can come and take. They also deliver meals to seniors and to people that are homebound. Um, They also have, of course, the shelter for when folks hit on hard times and need a place. They have a shower that um, the homeless can go and use. They also have an on-site medical clinic. Um, So they do a whole lot for our community, and, this is just a, a small way that we can support their mission. Um, just real quick, the things that we have supported thus far this year, I'm hoping I'm getting them, are special pedals. This is from one of our own parishioners that owns this, that is is involved with this. And it um, they teach how to repair bikes. They take bikes and recycle them and so it's a twofold. Folks can get bikes if they need the transportation, and they're also—it's also teaching some of the folks a skill that they can have. We've given to Mother Hubbard's cupboard. We've given to the Carousel Center. We gave to um, Kids Making It, and another Laurie is involved with that, and our. They were represented here at our God's Work, Our Hands. They had some of the things that the kids make. Um, The Literacy Council, there is a Christian support group at UNCW for not only the students and the staff. We have given to that. Safe Haven is a domestic violence shelter in Pender County. And then next month will be Good Shepherd. So please know that when you fill that out and make your donations to the Good Samaritan, that they are staying in our community and supporting a lot of good um, services that our community provides. So thank you.
0: That's exactly right, they're gonna applaud you all over the place, you betcha. If you've ever wondered um, what that little Good Samaritan envelope is in your, work, in your um, envelope folder, that's what she's talking about. And if you don't receive those, um, those envelope folders, there are some extras available uh, in the narthex. So um, one of our ushers can help you find those. I think they're right there on the table where um, you sign in there and, and uh, fill out your, your name tags. Uh, At this time, I want to invite the children forward for the children's sermon. Jesus said, let the children come. Do not stop them, but urge them on. For to these, the kingdom of heaven belongs. As they grow in their faith, the church will grow strong. Jesus said, let the children come. Jesus said, let the children come, let the children come. Good morning, the Lord be with you. It's good to see you this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand up with me. Come on, and stand up with me, okay? And Trenton, I want you to stand right there, if you wouldn't mind. And Augie, would you stand right there? And James, come here, buddy. I, I need your help. I need your help. Demelza, could you stand right there? And James, can you stand right here? Right, right next to Augie? There you go. OK, good. Now, here you go. So we've got Trenton, who's tall, and Augie, who's tall, and James, who's tall, and Demelza, who's tall. Which one's better? Oh, how's that feel? a lot to live up to now, right? So he's taller, that's for sure, but is he better? What about the smallest? Is the smallest better than the tallest? No, no. Is somebody in the middle better than the smallest or the tallest? Okay, everybody, you know what, I like the way you think, Augie. Everybody is better, and that is indeed the point. Because in today's gospel reading, Jesus is telling a story about um, some people who thought that other people were better than them, or actually the reverse, not as good as them. And they got mad at Jesus and the story because they felt like they were better than others. And Jesus says, that's not the way God arranges things. So it doesn't matter if you're tall or short or anywhere in the middle It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor or have different colored skin than another. God wants us all to know that we are all the best. We are all extremely important. And that's the truth, right, Augie? Yes, absolutely. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for Jesus. Help us to remember to be kind and loving to everyone from our heart. Amen. Thank you for coming forward. You may skip back to your
2: seats. (laughs) The first reading is from Jonah. When God saw what the people of Nineveh did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger. And abounding in steadfast love and ready to relent from punishing and now O oh Lord please take my life from me for it is better for me to die than to live and the Lord said is it right for you to be angry then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there he sat under it in the shade waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come over to Jonah to give shade over his head, to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, Yes, angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than a hundred and twenty thousand persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals. Word of God, word of life. The second reading is from Philippians. For to me, living in Christ, living is Christ, and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be in Christ for that is better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy and faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that, whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one, man, one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing, for he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well, since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Word of God, word of life.
3: Thanks. Thanks.
0: Matthew. Glory, Glory to you, to you O Lord. Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And after agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into the vineyard. And when he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idly in the, in the marketplace. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. And when he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around. And he said to them, Why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. And he said to them, You also go into the vineyard. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. So, Jesus is a person of color. Jesus is countercultural. And as we complete this sermon series today, we will consider how the Jesus we never really knew was tapped into the nature of God's abundance, perhaps like no one else in history. You see, Jesus was never constrained by the limitations humans tend to put on themselves and on one another. To illustrate that very notion, let's look at Jonah and his imposed limitations on the people of Nineveh. Jonah had no tolerance for these people. Think of the people for whom you have little or no tolerance. Where does that come from? Jonah didn't like that God's commission for him to reach out to the people of Nineveh was worth his effort, let alone his life. In Jonah's view, the people of Nineveh were not worth any of the vast amounts of goodness God had to offer. So why waste his effort trying to, to bring these people God the word of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness? And he got angry. Now, arguably, Jonah's approach to this situation was born out of a sense of what he perceived to be limitation. For Jonah, that limitation was imposed by his perception of the people of Nineveh to not be worth his efforts. And consequently, God's goodness as he was directed to offer it. Jesus was not like that at all. Indeed, that's what got Jesus in trouble over and over again. Jesus approached people and, and the situations in which he found them not as situations of limitation, but as circumstances for opportunity. Jesus lived into the, the expanse of God's goodness and, and enacted that goodness whenever and wherever and to whomever he came into contact. Now think about your own lives. How often have you stressed over the notion that you perceive that there's not enough, not enough time to do something that's important to you, not enough money to purchase something, not enough of this and not enough of that, We all have been there, and maybe are there right now. We like Jonah are often guided by this impulse that suggests that there is not enough. One could argue that this is the human condition which had its origins as as early on in human history as to be most simply explained by the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, right? You're familiar with that story. I hope it's a a paradise-like world, complete with everything that humanity would need. Everything that they could possibly conceive of. The human impulse for all the good it could do, however, chose to want more. But when they decided to take from the one tree that was off-limits, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it wasn't to satisfy their needs. No, it was to gratify their wants. And in that way, human condition becomes bound by a sense of limitation. Because we can never get all that we want. Even when we have everything we need. Again, how often have you in your life been constrained by this notion that you don't have enough. Enough time, enough money, enough faith. I've been there. You've been there. This is the thing about Jesus, though, that we really never, never really knew. He did not suffer from this crippling sense of limitation. Jesus was tapped into a, a reality about God who, which empowered him to deny the human condition of want that plagues us all and instead live into an understanding of God's creation to be like the kingdom of heaven, a place of abundance. And it's available to us now. There was the occasion, someone might say, when Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, remember that story, when he was praying to God, and and in Luke's description of that prayer, Jesus is sweating blood, he's praying so feverishly, and he says, take this cup away from me. That is... Jesus didn't want to suffer upon that cross and die. But even in that moment, even in that moment, wrestling in his very soul between wants and needs, Jesus conceded to God's will, yet not my will but yours be accomplished, he said. You see, the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who goes into the vineyard or goes early in the morning to the marketplace and and hires laborers to work for him in the vineyard. And yet, even when needs are met, human nature can often still be burdened by that confounding sense of limitation, particularly as it is expressed by our jealousy. What's that Old Testament commandment against such? Thou shalt not... Covet? Ah, you know it. Look at the dynamic of the laborers in the parable. When at the end of the day, they are all paid the same wage for their work, whether they started early in the morning or somewhere in the middle of the day or at the last hour, what was the biggest concern? In their heads, the ones who started working early when paid the same as those who started working after them, felt cheated, didn't they? They received exactly what they needed. In fact, they all received what they needed. So what's the problem? They wanted more. They wanted more. Clearly, the many who grumbled while they received what they needed, they did not receive what they wanted even if they didn't know what that was. There are so many ways in which we tend to see the world through the lenses of what we want or think we want, when as so much of the heartache and travesty in the world could be attended to if we only recognize the fulfillment we have in our needs, our God-given needs. World hunger, generational poverty and Immigration and mass migration due to all kinds of circumstances, disease and how to effectively deal with it, could all be attended to if indeed, instead of defaulting to our human condition of want, which tends to create jealousy and covetousness and all those words, we acted out of our impulse to meet not just our own need, but to assure that the needs of others are attended to as well. Jesus understood that truth, which is this. There is plenty. God is a God of abundance, after all. To have created everything out of nothing, which we talked about with our children in Sunday school this morning, to have created everything out of nothing means God can provide any and everything that is needed. Everything that is necessary. Do you believe that? Instead of seeing the world from the perspective of the likes of Jonah and limitation and restriction, let's see the world from the perspective of Jesus. That is God's abundance. Opportunity. God's abundance can meet every single need. Like the the landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard, God calls upon you and me to do as God calls us to do. To trust in God's abundance. To love God and to love one another in word and action out of that abundance. And my goodness, the world would be a different place. When we do that, there is plenty to go around. I want you to look in your bulletins, and you wonder sometimes why the pastor or whomever it is that's responsible for choosing hymns does what they do. But I want you to look at the, 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 the poetry behind these hymns. And we're not going to sing them right now because I just want to read some of it. Our opening hymn, we, we implored God to take my life that I may be consecrated Lord to thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Those are words that are not sung out of a sense of limitation and restriction, but rather out of a knowledge, a faith that there is an abundance. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. You feel it? You feel the the expansive nature of God captured in these lyrics. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart. It is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love. My Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. Now we're not done. Let's look at page nine. Lord of all hopefulness. Lord of all hopefulness, when we sing this following this sermon, I want you to pay attention to the lyrics, pay attention to the nuances that are captured in these words, because they are all born out of a sense of God's expansive nature, which is what we have been baptized into believing, that God is a God of abundance, and that that abundance is available to us and through us, to the world, Lord of all hopefulness, Lord of all joy whose trust ever childlike no, no cares could destroy. Be that there at our waking and give us, we pray, your bliss in our hearts, Lord, at the break of the day. And for four verses, we are captured by that sense of hopefulness that is unlimited. And finally, turn to the last, the 18th page, to the last hymn, Rise Up, O Saints of God. That's you and me, my friends. We often think of saints as being those who have gone on before us, but indeed they are. But we are living saints. Martin Luther called all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus living saints. Rise up, O saints of God, from vain, ambitious turn. Get away from the jealousy and the covet. Christ rose triumphant that your hearts with nobler zeal might burn. Abundance. Abundance is the nature of God, and that you and I are called to be stewards of that abundance in the likeness of Jesus the Christ, there's no greater calling. This is who we are. This is what faith enacted looks like. It's indeed uh, what being a follower of Jesus is all about. Living into the abundance that is God and sharing that abundance with the world, uh, Friends, the Jesus we never really knew has always been with you. Sometimes we only need to look beyond the limitations associated with our wants to recognize that our needs are already fulfilled by God's grace, mercy, and peace. Differing perspective in Jesus can help you see that. So like laborers in the vineyard then, and like the Jesus we never really knew, Let's dedicate our lives to living into the abundance of God and all the hopeful, unlimited possibilities that lie before us in faith. As a church, as a people, it is giving thanks for what we have and in meeting the needs of others where we truly find our worth and life's meaning. In the likeness of Jesus, amen.
4: Of our baptismal faith. I believe, I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Christ Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under conscious power was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come, come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Remembering the caring and generous works of God, we pray for the church, creation, and the needs of our neighbors. God, who is gracious and merciful, teach your church to invite and welcome all. Lead us to be grateful for the blessing of community. Challenge your church to choose equity and compassion over judgment. Merciful God.
3: Peace Peace
4: God, who sends the wind and the sun, you know every worm and bush by name. Help us remember that even the humblest parts of a creation are precious to you show us how best to care for the earth and its creatures merciful god we see you our prayer. god who is ready to relent from punishing impart your compassionate wisdom to legislators judges members of the military and law enforcement give them courage to serve their communities in times of uncertainty stress or exhaustion merciful god we see you our prayer. God who saves, direct your people who are tempted by evil waves, protect your children from calamity and disaster, strengthen all who are incarcerated, encourage all who are in despair or pain of any kind, especially those on our prayer concerns, as well as all whom we name aloud or in the quiet of our thoughts. Marshall. receive our prayer god who is slow to anger may we boast about the goodness of jesus with the confidence of paul in prison inspire us to find abundance in whatever vocation we are called to in the world and in service to our congregation merciful god
3: receive our prayer.
4: god who abounds in steadfast love we give thanks for the saints called to the kingdom of heaven united with them in spirit Hold us firm as we labor in this life and look to the life to come. Merciful God.
3: Receive our prayer.
4: Remember us according to your steadfast love as we offer these and the prayers of our heart, trusting in your compassion, made known through Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: The peace of Christ be with you always. Let us offer a gesture of peace to one another around us, and for those who you might not know, give an extended version of Peace of Christ.
3: Yeah, big-
4: Plenty, all things belong to you. We bring your gifts to the table that all might be fed from us into the body of your beloved Jesus Christ our Saviour. Amen. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you.
4: And also with you.
0: Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It It is right right to give thanks. It is indeed right and our duty and joy that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Behold what you are, become what you receive. Thanks be to God.